Good morning. My name is Carlos, Carlos Carrion. Uh, my wife, Veronica, is here. We've been serving in um, the Migrant Workers Ministry. It's a fellowship Baptist ministry. And uh, Todd Chapman invited me. I think that they run out of speakers, so he asked me to come. I was the last, the last option, and I said, well, let's do it. <laughs> this is a, it's, it's always a, a big, big challenge for me when, when I have to speak in, in, in English. Yeah, so just bear with me, please, for the next 35 minutes or more. I'm Mexican, I'm Mexican, so for us, 35 minutes is nothing. It's just for, he, he told me you have to, he, he gave me the text, and he said, it's the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 1 to 31. So that's a lot. That's a lot, right? In 35 minutes, that's, that's a lot. I can spend just uh, the 35 minutes in the first verse. So, but uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that, this opportunity. It's always a blessing for me to share, to share the gospel. And uh, I know it is important for you, right? So every time that you are coming to church and that you know that, that your pastor won't be here, so you are thinking, who is the speaker? And usually you are expecting the best of the best, yeah, to come into the church. The, the best pastor, the best speaker, someone with experience, someone that has knowledge, someone with this impressive curriculum, right? PhD, master in divinity and theology and, and all that stuff. It's impressive. That's not me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's going to be very, very disappointing for you today. And uh, please, again, bear with me. Don't leave. Stay with me the 35 minutes. As you can see, I'm not 100% fluent in English. That's going to be a big challenge. I have my accent, my Mexican accent. It's very thick. My kids make fun of me. Yeah. So I don't have a formal uh, theological training. So I don't know definitions in Greek or Hebrew. And I won't give you quotes. Okay. C.S. Lewis or Spurgeon. Or I won't give you those quotes. Because, again, I don't have that. That, that knowledge. My ministry is a little bit, uh, it's a little bit different. I'm working with people that the highest level of the education is elementary school. So I don't have to be extremely fancy, right? There are people that we are serving, people from Guatemala, the Spanish is the second language. So I have to go very, very, very easy. So what I do in our ministry is trying to go to, to this part. Right into going here to your brains, I'm trying to go here to your heart. And that's what I'm going to try to do today. So I know that you are expecting something, something big, something special, that we want to talk about history, culture, and all that stuff. Again, that's not me. I don't know. Uh, I, I've been under, uh, uh, I go to the dentist as anybody else, right? But I've been under a special treatment for more than uh, 20 years, 23 years. Yeah, so I have to go. Any dentist here? I'm sorry. I don't want to say anything bad, but nobody likes dentists. Yeah, that's, that's, that's reality, right? So, and, uh, so I have to go every six months as anybody else. I have to go to the dentist, so my regular dentist, and then I have to go every six months to the specialist, to the orthodontist. I have to go every, every uh, six months. So I go to, to see the specialists, and uh, they have to freeze here 
and then here, and then here, three times. The syringe is this big, it's painful, and then they start doing the cleaning. It's a, it's a deep cleaning, what they are doing, doing the cleaning. You know about that. But after 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, they say, well, we want to use the sonic. I don't know if you know the sonic. I call it, it's a, it's a, it's a drill. Yeah. The sound. A lot of water, right? And they feel that you're drowning. And the okay, everything changes at that moment for me. So they start doing the, 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 the cleaning with the sonic, and they have to go very fast. Yeah, so they're doing very fast. There's a moment they touch a nerve. Oh, my God. That is painful. But everything changes. I start praying like crazy. My best prayers have been at the dentist's office. So praying to God, to, to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, uh, Paul, John, whoever is there. I start praying and praying and praying. I feel tense, very tense. My heart, the rate of, of my heart beating is, is, is going fast. I feel very tense. I want to leave. I want to say something nasty. Yeah? And I'm a Christian. I won't do that because I'm a Christian. But once they touch the nerve, I pay attention. I start praying. I have to uh, try to take control of the situation. And that's exactly what I'm, I'm doing here. That's what I do in my ministry. That's what I'm pretending to do today here. I'm going to use this as a drill. I'm going to try to get to the soft part. I'm going to try to get to the sensitive part of your heart so that you feel uncomfortable. You say, wow, that, that's not the idea about coming to church and coming to praise God and coming to have fellowship I'm coming to learn. I'm not coming to church to be, to be uncomfortable. I'm not coming to church to listen to someone with a thick ass accent telling me what is wrong or what is right or what is what I need to do or what is what I should be doing as a believer. But that's exactly, that's the point. That's the way that I preach. That's what I've been doing for many years in our ministry of preaching in Hispanic churches. I don't go here. I try that, that God, through the Holy Spirit, uses me the, the, in, a, in a special way that I can go with my Bible and touch something that is sensitive. Something, something that it makes you think or rethink about your Christian life. About your relationship with God. And at least for me, that is important. For me, it's important to come to church to praise God and to, and to listen to whatever God is trying to say to me. So, let me try to, okay. So I'm preaching, I'm sharing with all of you, and I won't use my Bible, it's too small. I'm going to try to use this, this iPad. It's the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 1. And I won't, I won't read the whole thing, right? It's going to take me forever just to read it. So we're going to run through this today. So, but it's something important for me because it's about the, the conversion of Saul. So I said, I won't give you a special 
definitions, but I'm going to give you some basic definitions about conversion, what it means, conversion, the word conversion. And it says, it's the process, conversion is the process of changing or causing something to change from one form to another. It's the act or process of converting, a state of being converted, change in character, form of function, a spiritual change from sinfulness to, re- to righteousness. The act of changing, the process of being changed, the process of converting something from one thing to another. That's the definition. So I can see two words involved in conversion. One is process. It's a whole process. I've been in Christianity for 30 years, a little bit over 30 years, but still it's a process for me. Still there is a lot of things that I have to change in my life. It never stops. I think there is a big challenge, a big problem for us as a believer, as a Christian, that there is a moment that you believe or you think or you feel that you know everything and you stop changing or growing or learning because you think that you know everything. Whatever I'm telling you, if I start talking about history, you know it already. Next week, probably you're going to have a different speaker or your pastor is coming back or whatever he's preaching or the series that he's going to preach after summer. You say, I know that. We stop. We stop changing. We stop growing. And this conversion is about that. It's changing. It's a process. It's not exactly an event, something that happened 30 years ago, and that's it. I'm a believer. It's a whole process. Philippians chapter 1 says, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work, this is he, this is God, who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He hasn't finished with you. He hasn't finished with me. Why? Because it's a process. I'm still changing. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. And you are supposed to do exactly the same thing. I'm sorry, but uh, um, I know you would say that this is not an Hispanic church, right? So, because we scream. Yeah. In Spanish churches, we scream, we scream a lot. Sorry. Conversion is about. It's the same one. That's the one. Conversion is about who I was before and who I am now. So you remember the story here with Paul, right? If we go back and chapter 8, verse 1, I'm sorry, and said, and Saul approved of his execution. If you go to chapter 7, you remember what happened over there? They executed Esteban, Stephen. My son, my son's name is Esteban, Stephen. Yeah? So Paul approved that, so we go to chapter 9 and said, But Saul is still breathing threats and murder against the disciples. 
who was Paul before, before Christ? If we go to the book of Philippians, it says that he was confident in the flesh, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as the law a Pharisee, as to seal a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Blameless. That's the way that we feel, right? We are blameless. First Timothy, Timothy, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 13 says that he was a blasphemer, a persecutor, insolent opponent. So that's, that's Paul before Christ. But you know what the problem? It wasn't about sin because he was blameless. He never thought about sin. We never talk about, think about sin. We don't like about, to talk about sin. We don't want a pastor, a preacher, or someone to tell me that you are a sinner. And I am too. We don't like that. I understand. So we don't go to church every Sunday so that, that, that the pastor is going to start to beating you. I don't like it. But you know what? I, I have seen that, 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 that we don't like to be called a sinner. Because I consider myself a good person. I'm blameless. Like Paul. Like Paul. But it's not about only sin. It's about rejecting God. That's one of the biggest problems that we have. I don't know if you, we have someone here that is the first time coming to church or the second time. But you know what is happening? It's not about the sin. It's about rejecting God. I don't want a relationship with him. I don't want him to tell me about Christ. I don't want him to tell me about church. I don't want him to tell me about the, the Bible. I remember many, 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 many years ago. I don't know. It was probably my late teens or my early 20s. At that time, my parents were already uh, believers. First my mom, then my sister, one of my brothers, who is a pastor working in missions in Mexico. And then my dad. So my mom constantly invited me, come to church, come to church, come to church. No, 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 no. That's not for me. That's not for me. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. We didn't have any problems whatsoever with my family, but I never went to church. I said, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. The special event, they organized a special event, the church, where my mom was a, a, a member and my dad as well. So they, they organized a special event. They invited a pastor from the States. They rented a big place. The church community were inviting family, friends, and the whole community. And my dad, first time, he asked me to come to church. My mom constantly invited me. My dad, first time, I want you to come. I invited you to come to church this day. It's a special event. We want to have music, food, the preacher that is coming from the States. It's going to be really nice. Come. And I said, yes, I'm gone. But I was in my 20s, Saturday night. Oh, my God. That was a different time. Today, teenagers, they have Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. At that time, we didn't have anything. We needed to go out to have fun. So it was the time of John Travolta. You know it. Teenagers probably don't. 
getting ready when I used to have hair, right? And a long one. So getting ready was Saturday night. So I said, yes, I'm going to the service. I'm going to this special event. I went first. I'm going out first to see my friends. And I went with my friends. And then 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, I forgot about it. I didn't go. I didn't go. So next day, Sunday morning, my dad used to uh, wake up early in the morning and to prepare breakfast for us, big stack of, of, of pancakes. I'm coming from a big family. It was kind of tradition every Sunday, every Sunday, my dad. So he didn't say anything to me at all. But my mom, she's vocal. <laughs> she has been, and she still is. She's 88 something. She's vocal. She speaks her mind. I need to talk to you, Carlos. What's going on? Next time, when we invited you to go to church, if you are planning not to go, say no. But don't say yes, and then you don't go. Because your dad didn't enjoy the service. Before seven, your dad was outside the, that place, that building, waiting for you. At seven, he was at the door waiting for you. 7.15, he was waiting for you. And the rest of the service, he was waiting for you. Still hearts. But he wasn't rejecting my dad or my mom. I was rejecting God. And it's painful to remember that because my dad didn't have the opportunity to see me now. To know my wife. To know my kids. To visit me here in Canada. And to look at me to see what I'm doing now. That I'm preaching God's word. He didn't have. But the problem for me was rejecting God. And rejecting God. I don't want anything with you, God. So that's conversion. It's about who I was before and who I am now. Now it's a little bit different. It's still in the process. But now I'm embracing Christianity. I love God. I love the gospel. I love serving. I love community. I love fellowship. I love worshiping. I love it. It's a different time for me. And I'm going to keep doing it. I want to finish my race. But it's about rejecting God. I think I went very fast. Yeah, I'm okay. Conversion is about answering God's calling. Not only about who I was and who I am right now. It's about answering. If God is calling and calling and calling and calling. You know what? For many years I told my mom, I don't believe in God. I told my family, I don't believe in God. I don't understand. I, I believe in something that is tangible. I believe in something that I can touch, that I can see physically. I don't believe in God. But God was calling me and calling me and calling me. And we can see a, a, a Paul here between verse 4 and 7 that he was falling to the ground. And that's what happened to me. That's what happens to you. That is what is needed for you in order to understand conversion. You need to go down. And to hear that voice that is calling. The Lord is asking a question to Paul. Why are you persecuting me? 
Again, it's rejection, it's attacking, is persecuting the church. And that's what God is asking. That's what the Lord is asking to Paul. God has been asking questions since the beginning. We remember to the man in, in, in Eden, yeah, to Adam and Eve, to the man, he's, where are you? To the woman, what is this that you have done? You remember the story of Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah, hiding? And he's constantly asking questions about you. What are you doing? He's calling you. How's your life? How's your family? How's your relationship with me? He's constantly calling you. And if you don't know Christ, he's calling you. Why are you persecuting me, rejecting me? Why is that you don't want a relationship with me? He's calling you. So conversion is about answering. He's expecting an answer. When someone is asking a question, you have to give an answer. And that's exactly what a God has been doing for years. He's still asking questions to us. He's expecting us to give him an answer. Saul was attacking Christianity with knowing, with knowing the Lord. I remember when, you know, uh, we, we are very thankful for all the, the pastors and missionaries from the, the states that went to Mexico because thanks to them, thanks to God, through them, is the, the way that we, the, 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 the gospel get to, got to Mexico many, 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 many years ago. It was very challenging, very difficult. Now it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. It's a little, a little bit more open. But I remember the day I was invited again for my mom again. So at that time, my dad wasn't, wasn't with us anymore. Yeah. So, but uh, I was having a, 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 a difficult life. I went on the, the wrong direction. You know, you know those stories, right? I lied to my family, to my parents, big time, to myself, to my friends. I didn't finish school. I was lost. When my dad died, I tried to change my life, but it, it, it didn't last that long. A couple of years later, again, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. It got to the point that I, I, one day I went back home. I spoke with my mom, and I told him, told her, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm going to Canada. Huh? Yeah, I'm going to Canada. Well, you can go here to another city in Mexico. You can go to the States. We have family, friends. No, I, I, I want to go to Canada. I want to go very far away. I need a challenge. I need to do something radical, and I have to have that experience. That was the reason many people always ask me, why? Why you came to Canada? It's a long story, but I needed a radical change, something extreme, something very, very challenging for me, coming to Canada, no friends, no family, no English whatsoever. Obviously, it was worse than it is now, but I, I want to go to Canada. And I came. Yeah. But before, my mom again come to church. That was tough. I knew at that time that I needed to do something. I was kind of scared and a little bit concerned and afraid about leaving everything and coming by myself here to Canada. So my mom saw that and said, come to church. And I went. Come again. And I went. And they told me, do we have a special event? A pastor from the States is coming. So the pastor came and he started preaching the book of Mark, chapter 2. You remember the story? Four guys lifting, carrying on this guy, a paralytic man, yeah, just to bring close to Jesus. And he was preaching about that. 
And at the end, he started inviting, come forward. Come forward. God is calling you. You need God. And my heart again, very fast. I said, this is, this is me. This is the moment. This is the time. And I did it. And I did it. And then I left Mexico. And I came to Canada. But I didn't come by myself. God has been with me. I would love to have the time to, to, to tell you hundreds of stories since the moment I came to Canada the first time until this day. Yeah. Gave me my wife, kids, the opportunity to live here. I'm a Canadian citizen, serving, meeting such a great people, Pastor Dan, his wife, yeah. working with the fellowship, a lot of people that I have met through the years. It's, it's been amazing right for me. And everything, because I answered the call. Conversion is about surrendering. One of the biggest problems that we have is that we don't want to lose control. It's difficult for us. But you can see Paul, verse 8 and 9. We can see that he rose from the ground. His eyes were open, but he saw nothing. Three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. But you know what is so, so, so interesting for me? That it says that they led him by the hand. Can you see Paul now? The powerful Paul. The Pharisee, the Hebrew of Hebrews, the blameless, the insolent opponent of the church, persecuting Christianity. And now someone else is taking him like a little kid. Conversion is about surrendering to the Lord. Surrender is giving authority to someone else. And this is exactly our problem. We have seen it through the last couple of years, people complaining about everything because we want control. We don't want the church. We don't want God to tell me what to do with my time, with my money, with my family, with my gift. You don't want that. And that's what it's about. Conversion is about that. We have to give the authority to God. You know this verse from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So but that's one of the biggest problems that we have as a believers. That we don't want to give authority to God. Full authority. God, tell me what to do. Every day, every day, every day, every day I have to pray. And ask God, what do you want? What do you want? Where should I go? What I need to change? Every day, please take control. One of the biggest problems that I have, and still I think I do, is pride. It was difficult for me to, to, to go to church. It was difficult for me to, to answer the call, to receive Christ because of pride. I didn't want my friends to look at me carrying the Bible, going to the small church with my mom. It was pride. Even, even if I needed, if, if I needed, right, to receive Christ, to have a relationship with God, I didn't do it because of pride. And that's the problem that we have. Conversion is about surrendering to the Lord. He is the authority, not you. First God, the church, the spirit, 
and thank you. Rise, but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. That's what the Lord is telling Paul to do. Instead of you saying what we need to do, now is God telling you what you need to do. And we don't like that. Conversion is about dependency. Now we can see that is this disciple, Ananias. His disciple named Ananias. Ananias is sent to look for Saul. Ananias receiving instructions that he needs to give to, to Saul. Ananias laying his hands on him. Ananias gives the message to Paul. So conversion is about dependency. In, 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 I, I need the people that I work with. I need them. One of the, again, one of the biggest problems that I have not only pride, I have a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of problems, right? So as you can see, that is why it's important conversion, the process, the changing in my life. Because I have a lot of problems. I don't really like to ask for help. One of the biggest challenges that I have is in, 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 in our ministry, I'm invited to go to different churches. And one of the things that I have to do is say we need to ask for the financial support. I don't like it at all. I don't like it. And I don't do it. And I ask Todd, Todd Chapman, you do it, please. I don't like it. It's pride. It's difficult. But the conversion is about dependency. I need you. I need you. I need the church. I need the fellowship. I need community. I need the counseling. I need someone. You know, we went to one of those, uh, the, the, the impact, right? The, the fellowship. I, I don't remember how it used to be called before impact. But we went to one of those with Veronica, and we were talking with Veronica, and someone came and started talking with us. We didn't know this person, but he said something very, 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 very nice to us. And he said, we're praying for you. We're praying for you, Carlos, and the ministry. And we didn't know this person. We've been praying for you. And I know that there are people praying for us, family, friends, uh, brothers and sisters. To pray. So we need the church. You need the church. You need the community. You need the fellowship. You need the advice. You need the counseling. You need people to be with you. Even if don't say anything, but you need people around you. That's the way that God made us to live in community, but it's dependency. You need me, I need you. The volunteers in our ministry are very, very important. Very, very important. Every time that we have the opportunity, newsletters, or give information about everything that we are doing, we mention the, our volunteers. Everything they, they've been doing, the cooking, or the driving, or the teaching, or donating, wherever they do, is important for us because we need them. It's dependency. Conversion is about uh, being an instrument to share the gospel, that's exactly the, 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 who we are, an instrument, a chosen instrument, instrument of the Lord to carry my name. That's the way the, 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 the Lord is telling. Verse 15, but the Lord said to him, go, 
He's talking with Ananias. Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles. At the end of the day, everything that we do is with only one purpose. We are coming here as a church. We are instruments. You are an instrument. You have gifts. You have talents. And you have to be serving. But it's only with what purpose is to share the gospel. It's nice to have the fellowship. It's nice to sing songs. It's nice to come to the community groups or to the prayer groups or whatever you do, the activities for youth, for seniors, for women, for men, whatever. At the end of the day, there is only one reason we do everything that we have been doing for years is to share the gospel. There is no more important reason than that. But if you are an instrument, you have gifts. It's an honor. It's a privilege. What important is for the, 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 the body of Christ. You know what? For me, is again, it's an, it's an amazing opportunity to be here before you because I don't have the knowledge, the experience, and everything that I mentioned before, but I'm an instrument of God. I've been serving. I've been preaching. I've been helping. I have the opportunity to preach the gospel before hundreds and hundreds of these workers through the years. Hundreds. Thousands now. Because I'm a chosen instrument. I'm going to read this for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. For consider you calling brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But go choose chose. What is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. I love it. That's me. That's me. Yeah. And now I'm chosen. I'm a chosen, a chosen instrument to share the gospel, working with amazing people around us, serving together with one purpose. Sharing the gospel. Conversion is about being an instrument. This is like a big orchestra, right? This is the body of Christ working together, serving together. Again, you know what? These people, these pastors and missionaries going to Mexico every year, every year, every year, every year, trying to share the gospel. It was difficult. It was challenging. They were rejected for many years. Thanks to them, we have gospel in Mexico. Conversion is about sacrificing Verse 16, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. It's not about suffering, especially here. There are people around the world that are suffering. It is about sacrifice. And I was invited to one of the churches that is supporting, that has been supporting our ministry, invited us to go and to share about the ministry. They invited the rest of the missionaries they've been supporting. And I felt so bad. Sometimes I feel so bad because I'm serving here in Canada. I'm serving here in Canada. I go and I do my ministry. I go and visit the guys. And then I go back to my home here in Canada. And when I heard about the stories, these people suffering, living in, a, in, a, in extremely poor conditions in order to share the gospel. Sometimes I feel so bad. It's something that, that I, I told my wife and she doesn't really understand. But when I go for holidays, I feel bad. It's not like I want 
to be suffering and someone beating me, but it's about sacrificing, it's about giving, it's about giving them my time, my family, my money, it's about giving, giving, giving. That is part of conversion. So I'm going to show him. And God is the one that has been telling me and teaching me. And I've been learning about the, how important is that, that, that you have to sacrifice, you have to give something in order to see the gospel being preached. You have to. Conversion is about sacrificing. And finally, conversion is about being transformed in a different person. We can see verse 20 and 22. What's Paul doing now? And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying he's the son of God. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who live in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. So it's, we began with that, who I was before, and now we can see Paul, the powerful Paul, now he's preaching. He was attacking, persecuting the church, and now he's talking about Christ immediately. Before he was an insolent opponent, he was attacking and persecuting the, the, the disciples, and now he's preaching. Before we were rejecting God, and now we are serving and worshiping him. Conversion is about our testimony to other people. Verse 21. And all who heard him were amazed. It's not about what I said about me. It's what other people said about my testimony. Let me tell you a, a story just to, to finish. Uh, many years ago, I think it was like a 10 years ago, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, called me. And he told me that his daughter wanted to get married. And, uh, but there's uh, these new couples, right? Uh, 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 millennials or whatever you want to call them. So they didn't have, they didn't want to have like a, a religious ceremony. They wanted to have just the, the civil ceremony. In Mexico, it's different than the way it is here. So, so but the, the family start talking with this couple and especially on the, on the guy's side, on the groom's side, they told him, no, you have to have the blessing of God. You have to have the blessing of God. So at the end, they say, okay, let's, let, let, let's do it. So, but, uh, so they went to the Catholic Church, and they say, we want to get married. And okay, the Catholic Church said, yeah, that's fine. So when? That day, but uh, we want the, the ceremony to be outdoors. And the priest said, no way. It has to be inside, or I won't officiate the, the wedding. Okay, see you later. Someone told them, you know what? Go and visit this pastor. I know this pastor. Talk to him. So the couple went to talk with this pastor, and the pastor said, no, I won't officiate the wedding. I can help you. You guys are not believers. I won't do that. So my friend, again, the same thing that is here, right, the, the last resource, he called me. But he's a good friend. But he's a good friend. He gave me his hand when, when I needed the most. He's a good friend. So he called me and said, Carlos, I need your help. And he explained me the whole story. And I want you to come. I was here, but we were planning to go to Mexico anyways. So they were in Mexico, going to south, close to Cancun, in a place that is called Yucatan, Merida, beautiful place. So he said, please come, help me. Uh, because I'm a little bit more progressive, more liberal, I said, I'll do it. But I need to talk with your daughter and, and, uh, and the guy. He said, no problem. So the daughter called me. See, this is what we are planning to do. This is what we want. And I said, that's fine. No problem. I'll do it. 
it wasn't an official. It's just a religious ceremony, right? So just, but I told her, you know what? I'll do it for you because your dad is a good friend of mine. But there is only one condition, and the condition is that you give me time to preach. Otherwise, I won't do it. No, no problem, no problem. You can preach, okay? So I went down to the wedding, and then, big surprise, a lot of friends from high school, yeah? And, uh, and uh, the family of my, uh, the in-laws of my friend were there. The whole family, a lot of friends, was new. And nobody knew that I was officiating the wedding. Just my friend and his daughter and, uh, and uh, fiancé or the groom, whatever it's called. Okay? So I saw my friends and they started talking. Oh, oh, oh you're a Christian. You're a brother. And they started making fun of me, right? So, okay, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. So we were just eating something, appetizers, drinking. I mean, drinking water pop, right? So I wasn't drinking, drink. <laughs> yeah, that was after. <laughs> For me, that was after the wedding. So before, I didn't. So anyways, so my friend said, that's, that's the time. I say hi to everyone, a lot of people that, that, that I knew. So I was a little bit nervous, right? So, but my friend said, okay, let's do it. But to me, let's do it is you guys organize everything and I just, I go and I officiate the wedding and I preach and that's it. No, I, 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 I did everything. I organized everything. I called the people, sit here, sit there. I took over the whole service, the ceremony. And then I, I, I officiated the wedding and I told, kiss the bride and kiss the, 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 the groom and, and go and be happy. And then I opened the Bible and I preached for 15, 20 minutes and I preached and I preached and I preached. And that people were paying attention, same as you. Thank you. Yeah. You were pay, paying attention, my friend. Obviously, it wasn't Spanish. It was easy. It was better for me. Yeah. So I did it. And then it was over. And then dinner. We sat down with a group of friends. Some making a little bit of fun of me. But there's someone that told me, Carlos, there's, I just, I can't believe that those words that you said, the preaching that you did, came from your mouth. He said, I can't believe it. Because they knew me before. Yeah? So they were amazed that I'm, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. And I defended. I defended my faith. Yeah? So conversion is about my testimony. That is important. Even if you think that it's not important, it is. It is people are looking at you. At work, at school, at home, your kids, your friends, your family, they're looking at you. So conversion is about everything that I mentioned before. And remember, it's, it's, it's not an event. It's a process. God hasn't finished with you yet. Does it really matter who you are? How old are you? Does it really matter your knowledge, experience? God hasn't finished. Hasn't finished with you. He will one day. But this is about conversion. The whole process. Changing. Changing. And there is still a long way to go for you and for me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, so thankful for this great opportunity. You are an amazing God. And this day, this is special for us as a body of Christ. Coming together as a one, as a one part of the body. Just with the, the main purpose of worshiping you. To praise you, God. To glorify your holy name, God. 
And around the world, around the city right now, there are pastors and speakers and teachers sharing the gospel. But around the world, there is uh, hundreds of pastors, different languages, different nations coming together to praise you, God. Thank you for this amazing opportunity that you are giving us. And that we are praying, that we are keep growing and changing and learning and, and, and getting stronger in our relationship with God and with the Lord every day. Because you haven't finished with us. You will. But there is a still a long way to go. There is a process. And God, I pray for the church. I pray for the members of the church. That they keep growing and learning in the process of changing and converting to our believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you for this moment. We pray in your name, Christ, to our almighty God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.